You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls? Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to participate, the phone number here is 608-501-0718. I wrote a song today. You guys want to hear it? Here it is. It's called, I'm going to Stab My Dog. Ready? I'm going to stab my dog today. I'm still working on it. Um, All right. I'm not crazy. Dog just won't stop barking. Um, So we left off yesterday. He's a good dog. He's just stupid and loud and drives me nuts sometimes. Yesterday we left off. I said I was planning on playing Trucker Bob's first call, but it looks like he went on a long, long uh, seven-minute diatribe unloading every single one of the thoughts he's ever had in his life and that would be better for tomorrow and tomorrow is today okay here we go trucker bob sing me a tune brother hey ryan this is trucker bob hey man calling. uh we came home uh, we've been out the road for four weeks and now we've come home all right and i'm going to take all my thoughts about the upcoming draft and free agency and all that stuff. Let's do it. In other words, I want to play Goody. Yeah. I've decided I've been made the general manager of the Green Bay Packers, and how would I approach 2023? Don't hate the player, hate the game. four areas that we can look at, the draft, free agents, trade, mm-hmm. and undrafted people we can sign. But before we do all that, the first thing you have to do is you have to define the problem. And once you define the problem, then you can go after a solution. Wow. What was the biggest problem we had in 2022? Even though the defense has gotten hit a lot, defense was not the main problem. It was the offense. If the offense can't move the ball, and if the offense can't score, that puts more pressure on the defense, and they will not be as good as they could be. Right. A good example is what happened to the 49ers in the playoffs. They had a great defense, but without an offense, the Eagles smashed them. So first, and the biggest problem we have is fixing the offense. Okay. Now, let's take a look at this. What was the problem? Number one the was offense. the offense. Yep. Offensive line. During the season, we had four left tackles, three left guards, one center, three right guards, and three right tackles. There was no continuity, no stability. They didn't work as a unit. By the end of the season, we did have a starting five, Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers, Runyon, and Zach. From listening to your show, I believe you said that at the last quarter of the season, they were in the top ten of the offensive lines. I guess it was a PFF score or something. Something. So if we go with these five guys, We have 90% of the offensive line we need for this next season. All we need to do is look for depth pieces and development pieces. Number two, the second thing we're going to look at is 
our tight ends. We had four. Um, we could junk all four as far as I'm concerned, but let's say we're going to yeah. keep two, and we need to well, add man, two yeah. starters. We only have 20 to 30% of what we need of tight ends. Right. We need to look for two starter quality tight ends. Agreed. Third, wide receivers. All seven of our wide receivers last year were hurt and missed games. Once again, that leads to instability and the ability to uh, work as a unit. Good point. What we Whoop. Oh, there we go. There's the first interruption. Here we go. Part two. Okay, this is Trucker Bob again. Trucker I guess Bob. I'm going to take a couple messages to get Missed this in. You, man. The third thing was um, wide receivers. All seven of them, seven of them were hurt in this game. We ended up having three rookies left. Maybe we might get Lazard. I estimate we have 40% of what we need there. Running backs, we have Jones and Dillon. We're set. Maybe yep. add some depth pieces. Number five, we have quarterbacks, two starters actually, while other teams have none. I would Sounds tell Rodgers, you are going to commit to three years of a team-friendly contract or get or out. going to trade you. Yeah. I think that message needs to be sent to him. If he wants to play for the Packers, he has to commit to the Packers and give us three of his best years and give us a contract to where we can sign people. Then we can trade Jordan if we Interesting enough, um, it sounds like Gutekunst is going to do that. We'll talk about that. Not tomorrow, unfortunately, because we didn't get to it, but the next day. Um, I got to listen to the comments myself, but it sounds like the comment that I overheard on the Twitters, which you don't hear on Twitter, you uh, see on Twitter, but um, it was something to the effect of if Rodgers is planning on coming back, we expect him to make adjustments to his contract to be able to help us out, which I think is awesome because it sounds like Brian Gutekunst is like, look, uh, if you think you're coming back here, just so you know, this contract ain't going to happen, bro. And you are going to start helping us out with this contract. You are going to make adjustments or you're not going to be here. I don't know. I want to listen to what he said, but that was the understanding that I got. And I thought that that was, uh, I don't know, made me smile. Go ahead. Sorry. For a draft choice. However, more likely, we're going to trade Rodgers. With yep. Rodgers, we should get a minimum of a first-rounder and a starting wide receiver tight end. For instance, we trade to uh, Raiders. We can have Waller in a first. I'm sure gonna there's going to be more to that. Anyways, that is the problem defined. We have almost everything we need on the offensive line. Yep. We only have like 20 or 30% on our tight end. We have 40% of what we need at wide receiver, okay. 100% at running back, and 100% at quarterback. The only obvious dispute is wide receiver because that range is massive. We might have 0%. We might have 100%. 100% is unlikely, but so is zero. But the point is we don't really know because they're young. But, yeah, sorry, go ahead. So that is defining the problem. Now, let's set our goals. Okay. Number one. Our draft I feel like we're starting a business here together. Like, all right, dude, let's uh, let's do this. Are we putting together our business plan? I like it. If the trade goes through, we have two first, a second, and a third. So we have four draft choices to gather quality players. Top 100, yeah. We have a traded player, Although third is a useless. tight end or receiver that's starter quality from the trade. Right. See, free agent goal is we want to sign three quality free agents. So our total is we have eight quality players to pick up 
for the next season. Okay. Of these eight quality players, at the time we used these uh, pieces, these chess pieces, I'll call them, we're going to use five for tight ends and receivers, wow. two tight ends, three receivers, okay. and the other three for defensive needs, like safety, edge rusher, or whatever. Whenever we use one of these eight pieces, we always go for best player available at that time. And uh, so those are the eight. Anyways, my conclusion is we have an offensive line. We get two starter quality tie-ins, three more quality receivers. We already have the two running backs. We already have a starter. Once this all gets clicking as a unit, I could see our offense being as good as either the 2019, 20, or 21 units. So. One more. Thought I could get it in on two, but it's I did. Trucker Bob again. So we have these eight chess pieces. We get to use them between now and the start of training camp. Mm-hmm. These eight chess pieces will fill in the offense so we have a good offensive unit that can move the ball, run, and pass, and score. It might take several games for them to get together as a unit, but we have a solid offense once again. So though that is what I would do is if I was the GM of the Packers and it was Trucker Bob being the GM. Brian, have fun ripping me apart, but that's my problem. <laughs> no. Thank you. Well, uh, look, the the only, I guess, issue I have with that, because there's nothing that's super debatable about that. We need the tight ends. We, we've got most of our offensive line, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to go through the whole thing again. You've, you've laid it out pretty thoroughly, but um, the handful of issues would be, first of all, you mentioned the third round pick is one of your eight. That's useless. Uh, so we'll throw that out. We're down to seven. Second of all, we can't be super specific and say we're going to get tight ends, wide receivers, and then a couple defensive pieces and do best player available, right? Because, yeah, who knows how things are going to fall. So that may not always work out the best. Um, and then the other issue would be the free agents. You've got a list of a bunch of free agents that you want us to get. And I don't know that we have the money for that, specifically in the way that you described it, um, in terms of them actually actually being starters. I don't know that we can necessarily afford that. I know Rodgers is gone, and depending on how we do that post-June 1 or what, um, well, it would have to be a post-June 1 designation. But even with that, when I looked at it, we don't have a ton of money. We have more or less, if we get rid of Rodgers... Um, and, and, and it looks like we're going to restructure Bakhtiari and, uh, I think that might be it. I don't know. I think we're bringing back Mason and restructuring Bakhtiari, but I don't know how much money that's going to free up with Bakhtiari. But if we don't touch Bakhtiari, I, I, I see moving on from Rogers as breaking us even, to be completely honest, as far as re-signing the guys we want to re-sign, um, having the money we want to bring into the season and signing our draft class. I think we're about broke even. And so um, we don't have a ton of money to go out and get a bunch of starters as you're as you're laying out there. So those would be my only real critiques. But I agree that those are the biggest positions of need. And I also agree that I think we really aren't that far away from being. I don't even want to say we're that far away from being. I, we we might be contenders right now. I, I I think if we have the right motivation and we have the right scheme and we have the guys just playing at their best, I think we're already contenders. Depending on 
the quality of the quarterback play, depending on who the quarterback is and how good they are or whatever. But um, we may not need anything else. But I, but I agree. We add in those positions, and it just further solidifies our ability to compete. Um, so we're we're not super far off base on uh, on any of that. I just don't know how super specific we're going to be able to be in terms of um, saying it has to be these things. Get up off of that thing. All right, Mikey is next. What's going on, Mikey boy? Hey, Ryan, it's Mikey K here. Hey. I wanted your perspective on this. It used to be at least pretty common knowledge that tight end was a position that took a lot of time to adjust to the NFL level. Are we expecting too much of picks like Michael Mayer, Darnell Washington, Dalton Kincaid to be immediate impact players? Or do you think college-level tight ends are coming in more NFL-ready than they ever have been before. Love to hear your thoughts. Thanks, Ryan. I don't know. It's hard to say because so many tight ends don't pan out, period. Um, I mean, you'd have to take the ones that are actually good and then go back to when they first started and say, did they, you know, Travis Kelsey 55 years ago, did he have an immediate impact? I don't remember. George Kittle, did he have an immediate impact? Um, You know, Kyle Pitts did, but then he took a step back in year two. Um, the, the, the only thing I could really add to the conversation would be that, um, you know, the, the, the general notion is that wide receivers are much more NFL ready now than they used to be because that's what they're, you know, trained to be these days is, is wide receivers. You got the summer league or whatever it's called. And so as tight ends become more of wide receivers, it's more likely that they're more NFL ready. Um, but otherwise I, I, I couldn't tell you, I think generally speaking, yeah, we're probably expecting too much. We expect too much of draft picks in general, and we expect too much of positions that generally just fail <laughs> period. Uh, again, I did go back and look at first round, uh, tight ends and they, they, they do have a higher hit rate than I expected, but just generally speaking, there's not a lot of good tight ends in the NFL period. There just aren't. So, um, but it is a unique tight end class. And if you're going to find those, diamonds in the rough those rare uh dominant tight ends and, and th- that's the thing when you find them they're absolute studs so um i don't know i don't know if it's more of a, as you said it's something that is common knowledge they take a long time to develop yeah maybe i don't know i i don't know that to be true but it probably is but um i know that it's it's they're rare to find and i think if you're going to find one this year there's a much higher probability than um in previous years, I guess you could say. Hey, Ryan, I'm calling back in for some trivia. Let's do uh, this. I'm ready. Longer break than I was planning on taking, but I had I my in-laws come into town, so I've been having just just the most amount of fun I at my house. Jealous. Um, anyway, jumping right back into it. Um, what is the highest-grossing sports comedy of all time? <laughs> what is the highest-grossing sports comedy? Of all time. Sports comedy. I will uh, call back in in a little while and give the answer. The Go only... Oh, wait. Oh, um, what about uh, the Bobby Boucher um, water boy? I think that's going to... I was even thinking, like, what even is a sports comedy? There's that other one where they're in jail uh, that I thought was kind of a stupid movie, but it's got to be Waterboy, right? Now, to be fair, there are those movies that don't gross it very highly, but then they're you know they're kind of cult classics that are just legendary for a long time. But um, 
I'm just trying to think of other sports comedies. I can't think of a ton, so I'm just going to go with Waterboy as my answer, and hopefully I got one right for the first time ever. Hey, Ryan, it's Nate calling back with hey. an answer for the last Are You Smarter oh. Than Fact Daddy? Which hey. was, what is the highest grossing sports comedy of all time? That answer is The Waterboy. Yay! Yeah, it's one of my favorites. So, Let's go. Um, now you know. Go We're on a roll now, boys and girls. Again, there's probably only been two made ever, and I couldn't think of the name of the other one. So, you know, but um, still taking full credit for that. And yes, I'm proud of myself. All right, we got Nate on the line. Another round of Are You Smarter Than a Pack? Oh, dang. Uh, we are halfway through the existing uh, questions that I came up with. You'll have to let me know if this is something you want to keep doing or if uh, or if anybody else likes it. But let's start with question number five here. So okay. this one is going to be a little bit different. A lot of it's been basketball and football questions. This one um, this boxing movie actually gets its title from the name of a of the nose art of a World War II B-24 heavy bomber. I'll repeat the question one more time. This boxing movie actually gets its title from the nose art of a World War II Box. B-24 heavy bomber. I'll call back with the answer. I'm trying to think of the name. Of, I was thinking Rocky would make sense, but that's uh, still Stallone just like wrote that laying in bed i would guess he didn't just come up with rocky plus it's just you know i don't know but um what other boxing movies are there it's obviously not ali uh cinderella man is that what it's called cinderella maybe but probably not what is another boxing movie is it cheating if i look up boxing movies i won't look up the answer to the question i just want to look up boxing movies. i'm going to do it anyways i do whatever i want all right, we got Creed. That wouldn't make a lot of sense. Uh, Southpaw, Rocky. I mean, it could be Rocky, but... Ooh, Raging Bull. <laughs> Raging Bull. Million Dollar Baby. That <laughs> would make sense, but it would have to be probably like uh, Billion Dollar Baby. Wait, did you say the, the name of the nose art? I bet it's Raging Bull. I bet it is. That just makes sense. Got the hurricane, but that was uh again, these are like historic things. Cinderella doesn't make a ton of sense. I'm gonna go with Raging Bull. I think that makes sense. There's a big freaking bull on there, wasn't there? I half cheated, all right, but I didn't look up the answer. Since it looks like um these are gonna be too spaced out and it's basically just you answering like you said anyway. Yeah. I'll just give you the answer Let's do it. in this next call. So uh again, it's the boxing movie that gets its title. From a World War II B-24 heavy bomber. Okay. Um, if you've had time to think about it and given an answer, uh, the correct answer is Million Dollar Baby. Dang it! It was Million Dollar Baby. Movie. It's a fantastic movie. If you haven't seen it, <sighs> highly recommend. But yeah, that's where it gets its name from. Go back, go. That was my that was my second thing. Raging Bull made more sense, but uh, but yeah, it's a good movie. Cinderella Man is my that's my jam. That's my favorite. Well, Ali's really good, too, though. Ali and Cinderella Man are super good. Raging Bull, I don't think I've seen, which I know is probably something I shouldn't say out loud, but I don't think I've seen it. Um, Million Dollar Baby is good. I wouldn't put it on the same tier as the other two, but it's a good movie. But disappointed, man. I'm disappointed. 
I halfway cheated and I still got it wrong. Caller number five. Hey, Pat Daddy, this is caller number five. Going I on. just wanted to discourage or, or, or talk to you about the discouragement. <laughs> you behested upon Batman because uh, Batman is the ultimate planner and the ultimate detective. He would take out any superhero. No. If you ever disrespect him again, I'm going to have to cancel my Patreon, and I can't believe you did that. Um, <laughs> uh, but actually, what I wanted to call about was <laughs> that... Uh, I was ready to get into an actual. I don't even care about the superhero stuff, but I was I was ready to go, um, ready to go all in on that one. I just I I don't think you're going to be able to convince. I know you're at call number five. I know you're not actually doing that, but um, I don't think there's anybody on planet Earth that would actually be able to change my opinion. Um, I just I every time somebody says that I just picture Batman versus Superman. I don't even need to picture like the Hulk or any of these other people. Superman. It's not even freaking close, dude. But anyway, sorry. Uh I'm a very brown person who went to Green Bay. Okay. And the only time I felt like I was in danger I was just listening to your thoughts. Yeah. The only time I felt like I was in danger was when uh my friend asked for almond milk in the <laughs> hotel. So uh, really, it- I didn't say there's no stereotyping, but uh, I just think we think too racially sometimes. Like I said, wearing a Bears jersey, asking for almond milk, stuff like that. Yeah, you're going to get some weird looks, but being brown or black, people don't freaking care, dude. It was an awesome time. Actually, the first time I went, I was gifted tickets by my old company by someone from Green Bay. Nice. Who uh, happened to be a white person. Whoa. So- yeah, they didn't care what I looked like. They just cared that I was a Packers fan. That's so that was crazy. nice. Um, obviously, there's racists everywhere. Uh, they don't seem to be at the games, as far as I can tell, because I had a wonderful time. Uh, and if you if you're if you're scared of that, anyone listening, just please go. It is an awesome time. The stadium is amazing. Do the tour. Just fantastic. All right, that's it. I don't actually care about Ben. I was just joking. Yeah. No, I I, I got it. I, and I don't know, maybe, maybe this is stupid and nobody's actually scared of, like, the evil white boogeyman racist KKK people that are marching up and down uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, and the people that espouse that are idiots and everybody kind of knows it. And it's just that group of people who like to get around and talk about it and giggle and, and act smart and pretend that people actually listen and care. Um, but just on the off chance that anybody actually believes that putrid drivel that people put out there that there is this horrible cabal of evil white people that live in Green Bay because of course that's what Wisconsin is and especially Green Bay it's the city of the KKK it's where it was founded and where it is raised and where it is um uh, the the headquarters are if you happen to believe that i just want to make sure you understand that that's not the situation again maybe nobody actually believes that i have no idea but I just want to make sure that everybody that wants to go to a Packer game goes to a Packer game. That's all. Also, I will I will be completely honest. There was a brief moment there where I believed the beginning part of your call, and I was trying to decide if I was willing to lose a patron, and I had already decided that I was, but I was also kind of upset because I was like, I like you, you know, caller number five. Like, I, I, I know who you are on Twitter now, and I like your calls, and it's like, Dude's going to pull his 
Patreon, but also like he's not going to call anymore. Like this is crazy. But um, I'm glad that I'm allowed to disparage uh, Batman. And by the way, I'm not disparaging. Batman's hardcore, dude. He's awesome. Just like Iron Man. I'm just saying Superman kicked the crap out of him. That's all. And even that is an understatement. He wouldn't kick the crap out of him. He'd punch him in the face and kill him, like execution style. Which, of course, is not how superheroes movies work because, you know, they're a little bit more family friendly. They get hit in the face and they're like, oh, and they fly through the air and everything else. But no, he would, it would be like instant death. Can you imagine if superhero movies were more realistic, how morbid they would be? <laughs> like Batman is, or Superman or whoever is just decapitating criminals. Like, oh, dang, <laughs> didn't know my own strength there. People are horrified. Kids are running. Spider-Man throws a bad guy through a building down, you know, lands on the street and crushes a family of six. I think about these things. Anyways, Nico, what are you up to, man? Hello, Ryan. Hey, man. Nico. Sure is. Listen to the After Dark, I guess, the second After Dark. Okay. Yep. Today. And talking about the Rogers and all that stuff. Yeah. And I was kind of like... Kind of, kind of thinking back to you know, mm-hmm. season last year. Like six games left, five, six games, and I remember everyone was like, "We need to put love in. We need to see what we got." Yeah. I mean, like even like the skit Baylesses and all those dudes are like, "I can't believe they have to put him in to see what what he's got." Right. And I was, I was on the front line of that, of that opinion. I was like, "Yes." And and maybe this has been brought up before. Possible, as you know, I forget stuff, but uh, maybe it's a good thing they did it because before you continue, it's just kind of funny because I haven't rehashed this in my own mind since you said that. And as I'm sitting here thinking about it, I'm like, what would it have mattered? You know what I mean? Like, at the time, it felt like a major thing, like, we have a decision to make, but even now, having not seen Jordan Love, it's like, dude, we need Jordan Love for sure. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill that dog. Can you hear the dog? And my daughter screaming at the dog to be quiet. He doesn't bark very much anymore. He used to just incessantly. But once in a while, you know what it is too? I, I can tell you what's going on upstairs. The freaking neighborhood cat. And my wife needs to be the savior of this cat. We let the cat in. And this dog loses his mind. Fortunately, we have these uh, gates up uh, between the kitchen and the living room. But, oh, my goodness, drives me crazy. But anyways, no, I, 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 as I'm thinking about it, it's like it didn't make a difference in terms of everybody's perspective. Nobody's sitting here going, I don't know, dude. I don't know if Jordan loves the answer. 
Most people are like, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. That's kind of like them saying we know what we have. They've all, and they've all said, oh, we know we got Jordan. But of course you're going to say that. But then they act like they do too. You know? They, if, if I think if they were going to try to trade them, because no one else knows what they have in love, right? Yeah. It's not like the Bears going, oh, yeah, yeah, they got a good quarterback. You know, the Eagles. But so since no one else knows, I think if they wanted to dump love, well, then they would have played. Hey, Aaron, we're going to let this proposal play last four games, pump up his value, get you a first-round pick because you're staying three more years and we're with you, baby. They didn't do that. They, like, didn't play him. Let Rodgers play. So I think the fact that they didn't play him could be called a day theory. Uh, could be that it's because they, they, they really want to keep him. They like what they got. And uh, I don't know. Maybe that's true. Uh, you know, and the one thing that sticks in my craw was when, I think it was Devondre Campbell and another defensive guy was interviewed, and the interviewer guy was like, hey, what do you think about Jordan Love, blah, 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 and I think, if I remember Devondre, he sort of cut him off and said, he is a starting yeah. NFL quarterback. To me, that's Everybody's done more that. than, you know, coach. So, yeah. yeah, I think Jordan's a great player, and, and Goody going, oh, sure, we, we, we know what we got, he's a great that's your defensive guy, a defensive player saying, oh, he's good. What does he think he goes up against? In practice a lot. He goes up against your love. So Devondre Campbell thinks he is a starting quarterback. I don't know. I think I, I do too. So just by way to try to paint everything with roses, you know, Pollyanna, you know, um, no. and it's big positive, and I just cannot imagine. The last call is talking about Goody kind of hinting. I think He's hinted. Rogers is hinted. I don't think he's coming back. I'm still on. Go pack. Go. Yeah. So tomorrow's going to be a fun episode. Um, we go through the the Brian Gutekunst thing, and one of the things. So first of all, yes, Devondre Campbell immediately said this dude is legit. We talked about how Darius Slay, who played for the Eagles, um, on the defense against Jordan Love, was like, "Dang, dude, this guy is legit." Aaron Jones. No hesitation. This guy's legit. Every Packer player that has been asked has said in no uncertain terms. And that's the thing. Like, there's, it's one thing to be polite and just be like, well, of course, what else are they going to say? Well, they could just not answer it, right? Just be like, well, you know, he's, he's, he's got some more work to do. Let, let, let me put it to you this way. And I talk about this on tomorrow's podcast. I was actually kind of annoyed with the fact that the Packers, um, you know, Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst never really wanted to talk about Jordan Love. They would never just heap praise on him. They would heap praise on Aaron Rodgers constantly. And that was that was getting to be annoying to me because it's like no matter how bad Rodgers was, it was constant praise. And no matter how good Jordan Love looked, it was always sort of, yeah, you know, he's got some work to do. But yeah, we're, we're confident in his ability if, if, if that time comes, blah, blah, blah. But since the end of the season... Now, when you ask questions about Aaron Rodgers, it's like, yeah, you know, we got to see how it goes. You know, we'll see maybe kind of sort of, but you know, he's a good football player and whatnot. And then as you'll hear tomorrow, as soon as the question was asked about Jordan Love, the questioner barely got the question out of his mouth and Gutekunst jumped in like, oh, he's, he's ready. He's the guy. Now, he didn't say that directly, but I mean, that was the tone in his voice saying, yeah, we're very confident in Jordan Love. So there seems to have been a switch. And so now even, you know, because you were talking about how the coaches and the GM and all that, you know, obviously they're going to say that. Not really. They never really gave me that assurance that I was hoping to get about Jordan Love. And now it just seems definitive. And, and, and 
Maybe it's just because they feel like he's going to be the guy moving forward, so they have to start talking about him that way. But the point is, as you said, now we've got everybody. I've got Gutekunst being very clear. We are very confident in Jordan Love. You've got uh, every single player on this team. We are very confident in Jordan Love. It just feels good, you know? I mean, and, and that's the thing. Like, even, you know, going back to the Love versus Aaron Rodgers thing, even if you said Aaron Rodgers is going to play for the next three years and he's going to be MVP level, that doesn't provide me the level of comfort and excitement that I get from genuinely believing Jordan Love is the guy. Because no matter what with Aaron Rodgers, it's a short-term proposition. I'm constantly looking, we're just delaying this inevitable doom. And I, I just, I don't want to just delay the inevitable doom. I don't want to just look at the situation and say, well, at least we get one more year before everything falls apart. At least we get two more years before everything falls apart. If Jordan Love is legitimately the guy, we're not looking at the end. We're looking at the beginning. And I'm, I'm, I'm emphasizing this because it, it so often gets phrased as this Rodgers versus Love and the Rodgers camp versus the Love camp and all that. I need the people who are adamantly in the Rodgers camp that are having a hard time coming over to the other side to understand this because I want you to feel this level of excitement and this desire to move in this direction. I want to believe that we are at the beginning of the good times, not the end. And it doesn't matter how much time Rodgers is planning on giving us. We're at the end. And we will remain at the end until we find that next quarterback. The moment we find the quarterback, we are at the beginning of a new era of Packers greatness. There is no scenario involving Aaron Rodgers that can give us what that gives us. And I don't know if Jordan loves that guy, but him being that guy is everything. If he's not, then who knows? It could be a year before, maybe next year we draft somebody and he's great. Maybe it's in five years, maybe 10, maybe 20, maybe 30. I have no idea. All there is is darkness. If Jordan Love is not the guy, I mean, the fact that there are Packer fans rooting against Jordan Love is, is, is baffling to me. Because if Jordan Love isn't the guy and Rodgers comes back, you're still rooting for a dark era. You're rooting for an era where Rodgers plays for a very short period of time and then we suck for who knows how long. And that is your desire because you don't want Jordan Love to be good. And I don't understand that. How could you be rooting for an era of just despair? All because you don't want this Rodgers era to end. I don't care who the person is. I just want every year of my life to be a great year as a Packer fan. And if the Packers are winning football games, I get that. And yes, in the short term, if Rodgers comes back, there's a high, slightly higher, maybe, chance that we get one more year of that. But what good is that? Would you exchange one for ten? Because that would be stupid. Twelve sixty five fan is on the line. What's going on, Ryan? Hey, what's up? Twelve sixty five fan. Yes, it is. Hey, I have a rebuttal to your rebuttal oh, my about goodness. the Rogers thing. You are always on my case. The Rogers has said since the beginning. Nobody knows how my contract reads except for me, my agent, and the Green Bay Packers. Well, that's obviously absurd, but go on. Why do people assume they know all these things? About what's going to happen, what's guaranteed. Because it's written in the contract. <laughs> Nobody knows what his contract is like. And furthermore, why do you assume 
he'll be benched if he decides to come back. The Packers are... I, first of all, slow down. If you're going to come at me, know what you're talking about. I never said he's going to be benched. Ever. In fact, I find that to be highly unlikely. Trade him. There's a reason why he keeps saying it has to be mutual. They're, they're going to have a conversation. And if he wants to come back to the Packers, and the Packers don't want him, as Brian Gutekunst says, I have no problem with telling him, yes, I want to move on. They trade him. So anyway, that's my two. Well, they have to get Rodgers' permission. And I get you're saying that they would have it, but it's not up to the Packers. It has to be up to Aaron Rodgers, right? They, they can want to do whatever they want, but if Rodgers says, I'm not accepting that, then there's no trade to be had. So, I mean, th- that's that's sort of the disconnect is, well, if you don't like it, then just trade him. Well, that's not how that works. Rodgers gets to decide. He gets to decide whether he's going to play for a new team, play for the Packers, or um, or retire. And and the the desire to trade change the narrative that oh no 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 it's on the packers no it's not that's that's where the benching thing comes in by the way because if rodgers did decide to be stubborn and just just to be clear i'm not saying he would do this but just to be clear in terms of who's in control if rodgers said i'm going to play here and there's nothing you can do about it guess what the packers would do they would have to accept that they can't do anything about it because they can't trade a guy that doesn't want to be traded. So that's where the benching thing comes in because uh, that's, and, and it wasn't me that mentioned that he was going to be benched. That was um, Bob McGinn who said that he thinks that the Packers would do that. I don't think it would ever come to that. I, it doesn't really make sense that they would butt heads to that degree. It seems like things are uh, not headed in a good direction in terms of them staying together, but it doesn't sound like it's a, a bad thing where you know, they're going to want to get into a confrontation like a lot of the media is making it sound like they're, you know, Rogers is going to be petty or whatever. I don't think that would happen. But the point is, if Rogers said, I will be playing for the Packers this year, the only recourse the Packers would have is to bench him. They cannot just trade him. I mean, you can try to trade him. You you, you can physically do it. But the the contract is not going to be accepted by another team if Rogers isn't going to play for them. So just to be clear where we're at, Although I'm sure there are certain things that can be done with the contract, we do know what the contract is. Um, the idea that nobody knows what, no, of course there, I mean, I can Google it. I can, you know, that's how people have conversations about it. I mean, I know exactly how much money he's owed in the next couple of weeks. And there are, there are ramifications of that. There, there's, you know, I mean, it's just, there, there are certain things we're dealing with that are facts and there's nothing you can do about those facts, right? So while we can, and, and, and by the way, this is why I've also said I'm waiting for anybody to call in and tell me what I'm telling, what, what specifically is wrong that I've said about the contract. Because it's one thing to say you're wrong. It's another thing to say you're wrong and here's, here's the actual details. But just saying you're wrong because you don't know and, and it could be anything in the world, that's not true, right? So, in fact, I even asked my robot about it and it was very clear in being it it looked at the contract and said, here's the situation. And it came to the exact same conclusion that everybody else came to, despite the fact that its data ends prior to him even signing this contract, I believe. I don't know. But the point is, it's just, it's math. That's the point. So um, yes, I'm sure certain things can be done, but there, there are certain details of the contract that cannot be changed. Any money that went into his pocket has to go on the cap. There's nothing we can do about it unless he's going to pay that money back which I don't even know if that's an option. I have no idea. 
So can he alter it in terms of taking a massive pay cut? Sure. But aside from taking a pay cut, everything's pretty well set in stone. And any restructure that doesn't involve a pay cut, all that is is moving money. But it's not lessening anything. And again, my, my issue with the Aaron Rodgers contract specifically in terms of restructuring is that his cap hit is not detrimental this year as much it is as it is in the future. Restructuring lessens the burden this year and raises it in the future, which is the exact opposite of what we'd want to do. So I have exhausted my full ability to comprehend this contract beyond that, but everything that I've said about it is my current understanding. And if somebody has a different understanding, they're welcome to let me know. But again, I can't really get behind the argument that, well, you just don't know. Well, I feel like I do, and we're not going to make a whole lot of progress if the entirety of the ar- of the counter argument is, no, you don't. <laughs> you know, it's like five plus five is 10. No, it's not. Why do you say that? Well, you don't know. You know what I mean? Like we're not, we're not gaining a lot of ground here. I'm open to being wrong, but anybody on planet earth needs to offer a counter argument because every single person that has talked about Roger's contract has talked about it with one voice in terms of specific contract mathematical details, what the contract looks like this year, what it looks like if he's traded or cut or retires pre-June 1st and post-June 1st, what happens if he retires next year uh, pre and post-June 1st. Like every single thing comes down to exact dollar amounts. And if any of that is incorrect, I'd love to hear it, but I have not heard anything. And I think there's a lot of people assuming things about his contract that don't know anything. It's possible, but again, I I would need to know, aside from just, well, you might be wrong. Well, yeah, that's true. And again, I might be dead right now living in hell. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe I'm in a coma just living out some weird, creepy fantasy. Maybe, um, you know, our entire galaxy is inside of a grain of sand in some kid's playground that a cat is currently taking a dump in. I mean, there's a lot of things that are potentially true, but um, I don't see them as being super worthwhile conversations if we don't get into any specific details. That's all I got. Oh, by the way, I wake up on a Monday with a 102 fever and a pounding headache, and it's the day I'm supposed to go to corporate and give my resignation to my boss. Really? So I had to do it via Teams call. No. God, I really wanted to be there to see your Storm in there. Darn it. Screw them. Okay, bye. So you give them a little cold, they'll be fine. It's 102 fever. They'll be all right. That's actually probably the wrong thing to do, but so what? It's like the ultimate, uh, everybody was always looking for that thing to do, you know? Like, I'm going to, I don't know why we've talked about taking a dump twice in this call here, but, you know, you'd take a dump on the boss's desk, you know? Not that I would actually want to do that, but some people talk about stuff like that. You do something crazy, you know, you start flipping stuff, you give your boss the bird, um, stuff like that. Or... You just go in and uh, with a 102 fever and be perfectly polite. And then there's no like negative vibes or feelings or whatever. Just like, oh, that was very polite. Not even no. See, this is like covert stuff. As opposed to going in and like making a scene, you go in being super polite and you got that big smile on your face. I will be quitting today. <laughs> yes, I will. Oh, goodbye forever. And not only do you get the satisfaction of quitting, you know that you're literally poisoning them right now. 
would have been great. Unless, of course, they they go to the hospital and um, perhaps pass away or something. You know, I mean, it's unlikely, but in that rare scenario, you wouldn't you wouldn't want that on your conscience. You know, this has gotten weird. Blake Stad, what's up? What's up, Brian? Hey, um, this call is actually all about you. Whoa! I just want to let you know that listening to your podcast, this Packer Day After Dark thing, is amazing. It's one of my favorite podcasts out there. Thank you. you always. You always make me laugh with your sarcasm and your rants. They're just no, they're just amazing. Anytime you go on the Bears, I just geek out laughing. Um, this is a great thing you do. Keep it up. I know you like it. I know you stay up late sometimes though. It kind of sucks, but right. yeah, I just I just can't help but laugh half half of the time when I'm listening to you. Um, you're the man. Later. I'm going to take that as a compliment, even if I felt insecure about it. But I appreciate that. You guys call in and uh, listen and laugh at me all you want. It's fine. It's no big deal. I'm kidding. No, I appreciate that, uh, Blake's dad. Thank you so much for that call. Jim from Arkansas. What's going on, play? Hey, Ryan. This is Jim from Arkansas. Yeah, Got, you said uh, Two things for you. Okay. Uh, the first is on Iron Man suit. Yep. I mean, don't you think with all that time and money and technology that was invested into that suit that they wouldn't have, like, some sort of anti-gravity chamber in the center of it, so wouldn't really affect you, no matter what the speed is, that you're hitting a concrete ball or whatever. Well, we'd be able to see it, though. You know what I mean? Like, the body's in the suit, and the suit was going 500 miles an hour, and then it went to zero. So, you know, I mean, listen, if they want to do that, where they can add that as like an effect, like you're falling out of a building and then you'll see them slowly descend down so that the impact was like, you know, 10 miles an hour or something. And it's like, well, why'd you do that? Well, technically, because, you know, what? then okay, cool. Or even if you're going to like smack into a wall kind of thing, um, it, it, it has that same, yeah, maybe, but I've watched the movies and I've never seen the suit decelerate as it's slamming into stuff. And that's been my whole issue is that uh, you see it happen. Or or even when he gets punched in the face and goes flying backwards, it works not just when you're stopping, but accelerating too. When your whole body goes backwards, um, or you know, if, if the suit gets punched in the head with the force of about 16,000 sledgehammers, um, it's going to kind of jack you up, and there's not a whole lot that you can do about that. So... I mean, you you can think it through, and you can talk to the writers over at uh, Marvel, but I've watched the movies, and I've seen him get thrown around like a rag doll, and I've seen his body go from zero to 500 miles an hour, and then from 500 miles an hour down to zero. So um, it's a it's a good concept, but no, the suit doesn't have that capability. I'm positive, because I've watched the movies. Whatever. I don't know. Something to think about. And... Uh... Hey, the second thing is I had a dream last night. Yeah. And uh, the Bears traded down from number one to number three, and they selected Dalton Kincaid, tight end. Nice. So uh, first, how shocked would we be if that actually happened? Mm-hmm. And second, like, do you think that's a premonition or just a dream? Let me know. First of all, I love that you guys are calling in with uh, dreams about draft scenarios. Some of you are lying, but I still appreciate it nonetheless. Um that would that would be I can't even tell you of a bigger gift than that. Um, not to say that Kincaid couldn't be a good player or whatever, but could you imagine all the months and months? Bears fans have been waiting for this forever. 
and then they get to three and they still get their guy, right? Because number one is a quarterback, number two is going to be a quarterback, so you get your pick. It's not even like going back to four like everybody anticipates, where where that first defender goes off and you get whatever's left. You get that number one guy, whoever it is you want. And it doesn't matter who they pick. I mean, some Bears fans are going to piss and moan about it, but it doesn't matter because they got the best one available, at least according to the team. And it's like, all right, which one is it going to be? And they draft a tight end that for a long time was considered a second round prospect. Um, I, I would, I, if I would, let's just pretend I was doing a live stream. I would not be able to stop laughing straight through the Packers pick at 15. Even if we traded back, I'd still be laughing at pick 24 or wherever it is we were, we were picking. I would, that would just be, um, man, that would be fantastic. Um, I'll tell you what, why don't we just go ahead and stop here just because we're kind of getting close to being caught up. I'm sure more calls will come in, but just on the off chance they don't, we've got just enough for probably another episode tomorrow. Um, also been a late day and, uh, ready to be done with it. Um, something to be aware of. I was hoping it would be done by now, but it is not. If you're not subscribed to the Substack, uh, you might want to go do that. You can get a free subscription. I did an article for Mark Murphy's eventual replacement, like I told you I was going to. What's in the works now that is almost done, and I'm pretty excited about it. It's stupid, but it's it's fun because I can proclaim it as the first time it's ever been done in history. The first ever all AI mock draft. Artificial intelligence, my buddy the robot, did an entire mock draft, or at least will do an entire mock draft. It's almost done, as I said. And uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Artificial intelligence is first time ever doing a mock draft, and you'll find it over at packernet.substack.com. By the way, the Packers pick is already done, so I've got that locked up, but I will uh, obviously save that information. But uh, go check that out. That should be ready to rock and roll by tomorrow, pending any other crazy family events going on. But uh, have a good night. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. <laughs>